Welcome to FedScoop's podcast series on IT modernization in government, underwritten this week by Aerospike. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and in today's episode, we're talking about what agencies can learn from organizations like Verizon Media to reduce their data bottlenecks and improve their digital transformation efforts. Our guest today includes John Dillon, CEO at Aerospike. John has served as CEO and as a director for a number of technology companies over the past three decades before taking the helm at Aerospike, which provides a faster and more effective way to scale big data projects. John, welcome to the program. Thanks very much. I'm glad to be here. Also joining us today is Srini Srinivasan, co-founder and chief product officer at Aerospike. Srini also brings many years of technology engineering management experience to today's discussion, having worked previously for IBM, Yahoo Mobile, and other firms before co-founding Aerospike a little over 11 years ago. Srini, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Wyatt. I'm glad to be here. Well, agencies have lots of legacy apps that need to be refactored to take advantage of modern architectures, such as containers and the cloud. And at the same time, the volume and velocity of data generated by government agencies continues to grow at astronomic rates. And so does the challenge of managing all that data. So, John, let's start by asking, while the computing power of the cloud is certainly helping agencies, how would you characterize where we are with the tools needed to manage and analyze big data sets in today's multi-cloud environment? environments? That's a very excellent issue. My opinion is this is still early days. Yes, there are pioneers that are way ahead doing remarkable things, but they're pioneers. And sometimes the pioneers take a lot of arrows. And honestly, the tools are there, yet they're sort of like a bill of materials. You can buy all the components, but you still have to put them together and you have to integrate them. And that's not necessarily for the faint of heart. But the skills needed to do this stuff are diverse because you're involving data, you're dealing with decision science, data scientists have to be involved, traditional IT, and the volumes are enormous. As you know, the data sets are getting larger, the inbound queries to applications that are online are huge. And at the same time, a lot of legacy applications, which perform really well, need augmentation. They do their work well, but what they need to do is they need to be able to handle a new workload, a workload that's skyrocketing with people accessing the applications from their phones and other types of devices. So not only do you have a huge amount of data to ingest, you then have to figure out what to do with it. And if you can extract some insights from that data, you can put it to work and get some value from it. But there's a lot of very disciplines required, and that's one of the biggest challenges for companies and organizations like the government. Well, a number of financial and media companies, uh, Verizon Media comes to mind, are using Aerospike applications to achieve extreme scale computing and maintain high levels of availability and reliability. What allows Aerospike to help them achieve better performance with their data than, say, alternative solutions? Well, there are a lot of alternative solutions. We've got a history of building new technology every decade and then deploying it against an ever-increasing set of volumes and transaction loads. In simple terms, Aerospike fits in as a data processing platform because first, it can ingest enormous volumes of data each second. And in certain applications, you've got millions of users or thousands of users coming to a website or an application looking for an answer or looking to do something. And we can ingest the data. And first, if you ingest the data, then you have to keep it and try to get some value from it. 
What Aerospike can do is it can return that data to some sort of algorithmic decisioning engine that can make decisions about what to do next in the next moment. And we can do that in what's called a sub-millisecond moment. And a millisecond, if you think about a millisecond, an eye blink is 300 milliseconds. So if you have a lot of data, you can make better decisions for your constituency, whoever's using your application. And the final thing that we can do is that we can do it at a much lower cost. So it's more data, more reliability, lower cost, and doing it in a split second. And that's really what large organizations are doing when they have large data sets, a lot of inbound transactions, and they have to delight or at least inspire their users to enjoy the experience of being online. If I may add one point to that, Aerospike has pioneered a hybrid memory architecture that enables treating flash as memory. This means that problems that would take thousands of server nodes in alternative technologies take only 50 to 100 nodes using Aerospike. So real-time data processing problems that were prohibitively expensive earlier can now be solved in an affordable manner for places like Verizon Media. Maybe you could walk us through a little bit more of how Verizon Media is leveraging Aerospike, AI, and ML so that they can get a better handle on their user data and drive better outcomes for their users. Certainly. You know, Verizon has millions of users, and they use Aerospike, among other things, for keeping user profiles so they know when someone shows up who they are, what they like, what they don't like their patterns of interaction with the applications. And they're also using us to aggregate these enormous data troves that they've got to provide better solutions and better personalizations by accessing data that they know about people, their behavioral patterns and the like, so that they can essentially serve them in a moment and provide a better user experience. I'd also say that they're trying to consolidate many other data platforms. Some of them are older and reduce complexity in their backend systems. Srini, who knows a lot more about some of these applications at Verizon, probably could say a few words because this is a really large deployment and it's very successful. You know, Verizon has uh, billions of users across the world and to provide an excellent user experience is important, but it's also important to comply with data access rules that may be different in various parts of the world. Aerospike provides a strong security and consistency within a single database, as well as secure communication between database clusters using cross-data center replication features. What this enables companies like Verizon Media to do is to implement hundreds of applications on it. In this particular case, these applications are already implemented on other platforms which are being shifted to Aerospike. So Aerospike has the ability to support these hundreds uh, of applications with varying security and compliance requirements, you know, while also making rapid decisions to create that excellent user experience John talked about. Well, bringing the discussion back to government agencies, they obviously have a wide range of missions. What other examples can you point to where real-time, high-performance business intelligence tools could really be of help to government agencies? Well, some of the large deployments that we encounter are what we'd call session stores, which is when a user has gone online to do something, the application can remember the session. And when the user comes back, bring the user right back to the session. That's really important. Another area are profile stores where they know your profile, both the discrete information about you. In other words, we may know that you're in an urban setting. They may know your age. They may know your ethnicity. And they know your shopping patterns or your behavioral patterns or the areas of interest. They may know your profile. You may have certain services that you use or you subscribe to. 
And that profile can be specific to an individual, but it can also be specific to a group of individuals. In other words, people that live in an urban area, you know, we know that they have two children, they have an automobile. We may know that they might be interested in a vacation or they might be interested in life insurance. And so some of those things can be extracted with machine learning and, if you will, the new name for data mining to extract information from a pool of data that's been collected. What do users like this prefer? How best should we serve them next? And then recommendation engines where when you show up, if we can make a recommendation for the next step, whether you're processing something or whether you're buying something or whether you're trying to find a solution to a medical problem, if we know something about you, we can make a good recommendation. And that allows the application to improve user intimacy, online experience, and ultimately satisfaction. And frankly, it speeds the user's interaction through the application set. And every application has a user experience. And how do you route users through that experience and do it the most efficiently and effectively. And sort of along those lines to your question, our federal government serves some of the largest communities in the world. I mean, they've got employees, they've got the Department of Defense, they've got people who benefit from the Social Security Administration, they have veterans, they have postal clients, retirees. And these constituents do not compartmentalize their views regarding online experiences. All of us conflate what we do professionally, what we do personally. We have phones, we have tablets, we have laptops, and the bar continues to go up. I mean, if you're booking a flight on United Airlines, you might compare that to booking a hotel room or maybe buying a product on Amazon or shopping someplace else. And all of those experiences are different. Today, all of us who deliver an internet presence are competing with best practices. And so as our government agencies look to improve and to expand their, if you will, their presence within their constituencies, the ability to deliver an experience that is comparable to some of the best practices, I think is really important. Srini, let me turn to you at this point. On a practical level, what kind of infrastructure or workforce expertise would agencies really need to take advantage of a solution like this and achieve similar results? Agencies have an opportunity today to solve many extreme-scale, real-time data processing use cases that were not possible even a few years earlier, or they were too expensive to solve before. For example, within the next five years, SpaceX, in their Starlink system, intends to have about 12,000 satellites in low-Earth orbit. You know, assuming the current loss rate of 10%, there will be over 10,000 satellites transmitting over 100 terabytes a day, 41 petabytes a, a year, and requires a database solution capable of sustaining a load of approximately 1.3 billion transactions per second. And this is not even the limit. They're trying to go to 4.5 billion a few years after that. Engineers at HP Enterprise were trying to solve this ingestion problem. And they have benchmarked a system running Aerospike combined with persistent memory and NVMe SSDs that can handle such a load today in an affordable manner. So what agencies can do is they do have the ability today to implement mission-critical real-time systems at the same scale or higher by using disruptive technologies like Aerospike that in turn leverages Intel's Optane persistent memory, for example, cloud technologies, NVMe storage, all kinds of networking technology which is um, coming on board. And such systems based on Aerospike can provide the high performance at scale with a low TCO. For example, a 100 petabyte database could only take 100 to 150 nodes to implement in this. 
So it becomes tractable. So the, I think agencies should be looking ahead to solve the large problems they have in real time. And we do have the ability to do that today. Finally, gentlemen, what key piece of advice would you offer federal CIOs and chief data officers as they continue to try to map out their data strategies going forward? John, maybe you could take that one first. That's a wonderful question, and it should be on the minds of every agency that's trying to look at data and how they deploy it for value. There's a lot of value in the data, and you should have a strategy for mining that value. It's like raw ore. And if you refine it, you can get nuggets. But my advice is, and this would be advice to any large organization, is start small and iterate. Usually it's a journey and there's a lot to learn along the way. And the best strategies I've seen is to start small, iterate, and then learn and then grow along the way. If you start with a manageable first project that if successful will have a handsome ROI, yet not be fatal if it fails. You're right where you need to be because after you've celebrated the success of the first project, you're going to be a lot smarter for the next project than the next project than the next project. You don't really want to plan your first project to be a manned colony on Mars. While that might be doable, it's going to take a long time, have enormous risk, and the probability of failure is high. I'll just add one thing. We have customers that do fraud in banking. If you do have a credit card, how do you know if it's fraud? And one of our clients started out small and they had what you would call a 12 terabyte database under a decisioning engine that said, is this transaction fraud or is it not? And they wanted no false positives and no false negatives. That's the goal in fraud. Today, that same organization is running 165 terabyte database under the decisioning engine. And the result of using that much more data allows them to make better decisions. They've reduced the fraud impact by 30 times, not 30%, 30 times, because they put the data to work that they had. But that's not where to start. Start small and grow. And Srini, your additional thought on that? We have the technology available to solve some of the extreme scale real-time problems. So I would say that the CIOs and chief data officers um, need to really work on training the developers to use such next generation technologies to develop their applications quickly. Also to train operators to organize resilient deployments on public and private clouds. And the most importantly, educate the procurement personnel to understand the enormous TCO savings that can be obtained by using the right combination of hardware and cloud with software like Aerospike for real-time data processing problems. Well, those are some great examples and some great points to close on here. I'm afraid, though, that we're going to have to leave it there for today. John Dillon and Srini Srinivasan, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us about alternative ways to reduce some of the data bottlenecks at large-scale organizations. Well, thank you very much for having us. Yes, thanks. It was great to be here. And thanks to Aerospike for underwriting today's episode. Look for more of our coverage of IT modernization in government on fedscoop.com and our FedScoop radio channels on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. This is Wyatt Cash. Thanks for tuning in.